Golden Sun. Welcome back to a rational transaction, the internet's hottest flashcast, and maybe the only one that's currently on the air right now. I'm your host, Caleb Dirksen, and I'm joined by the lovely, just out of bed, Alexander Peters. Say hello, Alexander. Hello, I am just out of bed. Can you tell just by my voice? Yeah, I, um, I'm Alexander Peters. So good to see all of you again here in I this space this. where we appreciate... I feel like I'm just sliding Art. around in your mouth right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's about an octave lower than it usually is, which, well, we'll see how that goes in the final process there. I was just going to ask, did you watch this uh, like uh, yesterday or the day before? Or how recent was your watch? Um, My watch was probably about 24 hours ago at this point, so it's a little cold in the head. Um, I got to say, this is my third watch, so third in a row. Yeah. And... Uh, I think for me, I don't want to sound too negative, but no, this isn't negative. This is realism. The dust is starting to settle a little bit. I'm starting to see the um, the high plains are shifting into high mountains and low valleys. You know, the movie starting to truly reveal itself to me. I'm out of the honeymoon phase and the scales are coming off of my eyes three watches in and we're out of the honeymoon phase uh, (laughs) we'll see (laughs) oh boy okay yeah my watch is uh about 24 hours off as well um i watched it uh yesterday morning first thing i did when i woke up in the morning with my wife she's been homesick for the past couple of days and i thought you know what would help um is some flash gordon he'll not he'll not only save the universe but uh he'll save your voice as well um wasn't really the case uh she, <laughs> she uh her her rating at the end of this movie um was that uh she thought it deserved a one out of ten uh wow Whoa. yeah very very strong opinions and i thought to my, and i asked her i'm like do you think yeah i i said to her do you think it's like maybe it's like buckley's it uh it tasted bad but it healed you good um, and she said, no, no, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> That's okay. Well, uh, like break it down for me. What's, what's the root of this? What's the, what's the root of this one? Um, I think the root of this one is the fact that, uh, I made her sit down and watch it with me when she very much didn't want to. <laughs> so the one is just a reflection of, uh, your current situation and not the movie. <laughs> Yeah, I, b- I believe so. That's what I'm choosing to. Be- that's what I need to believe. 
for your um, own sanity. Possibly. Yeah, because we we live in such a small place. So if one person's using the TV, it's kind of inevitable that the other person will as well. At this point, I've been watching it well out. Uh, we're on different shifts and stuff, but this time, this time we were together because oh, before you were sick. hiding it from her shamefully. Yeah, well, I, I promised her. I said, I promise this isn't going to affect you in any way, shape, or form. And three watches in, I broke that promise, Caleb. <laughs> oh wow! I think, yeah, my, I, it's funny because my wife kind of hates it, um, <laughs> which breaks my heart a yeah. little bit. But you know, I think that, uh, yeah. Well, we don't have to get into it. Um, yeah, I think what what struck me about this movie is that you know. We've talked a little bit about the runtime before. I think we could I think this is the point where we need to just really put our put our heads down, come together and start figuring out the perfect flash cut. I think we start cutting scenes, maybe even going into the deleted scenes and um adding some footage, you know. I read somewhere wow. uh yesterday about how there's actually supposed to be like some kind of strange dream sequence where Dale was supposed to be like dressed up as a spider or something. And they just cut all of it because it literally had nothing to do with the plot. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so strange. But I mean, yeah. Alexander, what would you I wonder cut? What that would have, um, I would cut probably five minutes of that Hawkman fight with the ship that they're trying to, uh, that they're trying to take in order to like fly into the city. Um, at the end of the movie, I feel like that drags on for, uh, significantly longer than it needs to. At least the at least the battle outside of the ship, because once they get inside the ship, it starts to pick up again. Um, because yeah, it's that's... almost painful. How I mean, I don't. I I'm a friend of the Hawkman. It's I just find like there's so much in that battle. You're just kind of like, you know, it's the climax of the film. You're ready for the good guys to finally win, mm-hmm. and they just keep flying in circles. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and yeah, the Hawkmen are great. Um, and I'm supposed to, I know I'm supposed to feel something when, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, not Bison, um, the dude, the Hawkman who gets shot and is like, the reason Flash flies down to the ship. Um, oh, um, he says, this person's down. Is like a, his name is literally like Birdo or something. That's Beardo's down oh, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Birdo's down. Yeah. And so he, he flies down to save him, and I'm like, oh, that's supposed to be the reason for him to go down. That's supposed to be, like, super dramatic and stuff. But, like, yeah, uh, his name is, I think, maybe said once before that, so you don't even really <laughs> uh, have a frame of reference for who this is. Yeah, I think uh, that, and I would say we could probably, oh, and I'm going to sound like a sexist, but we could just start cutting half of all Dale scenes. Just... The fight, oh, yeah. her, her fighting, her even talking with the, um, I don't know, the slave, we could probably cut it. Like, just, I don't know. I just cut to her, like, on another planet, and I think I'd be happier. <laughs> Honestly, if you cut her scene, her and Aura's scene, she would end the movie more likable than she actually is. Because um, they only have one scene together, and the entire time, uh, she's just shitting on Aura, who's crying in front of her, who's just been tortured uh and it's just it makes dale even more unlikable than she already is and we've i feel like i'm just i'm just like a monkey playing the same old song on the keyboard at this point but the scene where dale tells aura that she has to marry ming because that's the only way ming will keep flash flash and zarkov and baron alive when he's clearly lying but she and aura says he's lying but 
she says, no, I have to keep my word. But it's like, he's never going to keep his word because he never has. Yeah. And you're being psychotic by standing by him. Like, what do you hope to gain? Unless she's being willful. The only explanation I have is she's being willfully like obtuse to because she thinks Aura is against her. So she says, yes, I will always be loyal to your father, even though because she thinks Laura Aura is a spy. That's my yeah. only explanation. Even if that is the case, it's uh, which which actually would make for um, fairly good uh, tension there. Um, it isn't really uh, there isn't really enough of it to make you feel like that's what's going on there. You know, mm -hmm. man, we're bringing a really different energy to this show, this episode than a uh, previous episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm, okay. Well, let's 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 pull it. Let's pull the stick back the other way. Um, the mountains are coming up sharp for me. And the first thing I think of is uh, the sets are so beautiful. The miniatures are so, um, I love the miniatures uh, yeah. in this movie. I love the earth. I love the little spade ship. I love all that crap. Um, also, I've got a question to ask you, Alexander, because I was reading um, trivia on IMDb about alternate cuts to this movie. Let me ask you this. When in the start of the movie, when there's a red cloud and it zaps the pilot, what do you see outside the plane? I see a, a zoom in of Ming and a red flash. Really? Yeah. I think I have a different cut because I just see a red cloud. And really? apparently, in some you don't, of the there's cuts, no, there's no like. Some of the cuts don't have the Ming face and the red cloud, and some of them do. Because really? I always thought it was so weird that they zoom in on like this weird blob. I'm like, we know that the outside is scary, but like, why would you focus in on it? But that's like a legitimate alternate cut. Huh. So which is considered the final cut? You know, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, we have to, we have to make our own final cut. I think we need to make our flash Gordon <laughs> fan edit, definitive fan edit. I think that would, uh, it's very ambitious of you. And uh, I, uh, I would definitely want to uh, check that out because there's definitely a lot of uh, chaff to be sifted out of here. Um, I was uh, I, I started keeping track of all the people that died um, this time around, um, but I kind of dropped it halfway. I dropped it past um, the initiate, the initiate from from the tree men on Aboria, uh, I had stopped keeping track. But up to that point, there had been it's only seven people. But then really? then a lot of... Yeah, only seven people up to that point. But then after that, I had, I had forgotten. And that's when the Hawkmen fight all those soldiers and Dale kills a couple people and all that stuff. So Can you give still me a, a kill count? Can you... Oh, sorry, can you break it? Do you have the, uh, the names? Yeah, I do. Out of, um... Out of, from that first half of the movie, so the two pilots are certainly dead, right? That's kind of, mm -hmm. uh, you never see them again. Then uh, Zarkov's assistant, Munson, um, just straight up gets demolished <laughs> by that plane. Can we talk, for, for a second, uh, Zarkov pulls the gun on Munson, but he never actually pulls the trigger. He never, like, he, it's just like a, it's a bluff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. like he lets Zarkov him actually Zarkov won't do it. He won't building. pay that price. Uh, he's like, 
Yeah, which is uh, which was fascinating to me. I never really connected those dots until now. I'm like, yeah, he pulled the gun, but he did let him leave and was excited when he came back, which is which is yeah, it was interesting. Um, well, you know what they say: built it to f- send in friendship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lizard Man number one died. Um, yeah, in when they're walking into the city, um, and I was talking to Janessa and answering a question, so I didn't catch his name this time, but I was going to. I'll have to next time. Um, the prince that shouts, Death to Ming! I have a bit about this, if you want to hear it. Yes, Are you ready for, can I Can I derail your kill, your kill count? Of course, because of course. I was so enamored by this actor and this performance, and I know we've talked about him before. His name is Prince Thune. Prince Thune. And I said, Prince Thune, this guy is so iconic. Um, you know, his loyalty is so unbound. So there's got to be more to him. Um, he's actually a uh, stable from the comics. First appearance, Flash Gordon, 1934. Really? Um, Prince Thune is a lion man. So I guess in this one, they just made him a normal man. But apparently in the comics, he's he's like a, a lion humanoid. And he's the son of a, another sort of ruler of Mongo. But what's really interesting is in the comic, he's like a big Flash ally. So Hmm. he's kind of like always helping Flash out. They've got like a bunch of, you know, uh, spaceships in the comic and artillery and stuff. So they regularly, the Lion Men regularly fight alongside Flash. So, um, you know, I knew he's iconic. And, you know, obviously it makes sense that he would give his life or he would try and kill Mang in his dying breath. You know, he's a real hero and he deserves a spinoff. I agree. I want to see more about Prince Thune. And uh, his costume was super duper cool as well. Um, so I'd like to see more of that world and where all that comes from. And the only other uh, two I had was... I One was a question mark because I wasn't certain if she died. But like I had to assume that Ming had her executed. And that was the slave that Dale convinced to drink her, um, her juice. <gasps> so, I thought the I was, same thing. Yeah? You're like you're you are leading this woman to her death by convincing her to live a little, huh? I was like, I'm just gonna write her down just in case because I feel like I don't see her again the rest of the show, and also she's probably never going to live again. And the final one I'd written down was the uh, tree man initiate who wants to take the uh, mm. the rite of passage, uh, the test of manhood. It, they call it a test of manhood, but it seems more like a test of total random chance. I agree, but it it is a neat concept and a very cool set. Um, so I don't ask I don't ask too many questions about that particular scene because it's one of my highs of the movie. So <laughs> I don't want to give it too much um, scrutiny just yet, but I'll probably get there at some point. Um, I did want to talk about uh, Voltan's daughter for a minute because. This time when I was watching, because we had talked about her last time, I was watching to see uh, anything I could get. Uh, and she's actually surrounded by Hawkmen uh, and not Imperial soldiers. Uh, so, like, which makes me think that she's actually not being held captive or anything like that. She, It makes me think that maybe they had more for her to do, but it just might have wound up getting cut from the movie. Either that or she was just a tool for the writer to have Voltan be under Ming's wing for that scene. Um, because 
Yeah, she was, uh, unless there are Hawkmen who are living with Ming in the Citadel, um, it's, yeah, it seems like, it seemed like, at least to me this time around, that she was just kind of there. Um, it does seem entirely, like, arbitrary because uh, near the end of the movie, when Ming's uh, gunship shows up at the Hawkman capital, they immediately capitulate and flee. So I don't know why Ming needs a hostage to hold power over Voltan when his single gunship can obliterate his, you know, his capital city. Like, why, uh, I don't know why you need to deal with, I guess maybe Ming's also a piece of shit, so he probably wants to be a, you know, spread a little psychological terror. Also, um, Janessa pointed something out to me to this watch that I had never even really noticed how strange it was. But when Zarkov is lying on that table and his mind is being um, reset, we see him with his wife and mm -hmm. we see his wife's death. Do you remember? Can you tell me how his wife dies? I am so confused by that because she's like they're like playing around the pool. But then she's in the pool and or and then she's like floating in the pool and then she's like dead, like a drowning in their backyard. Yeah. It's it all of all of like Zarkov and all of their friends pick her up and throw her in the pool and she doesn't come out of the water. And she but the thing is, the thing is not that she just like hit her head or anything. She's flailing in the pool for a while with lots of time for anyone to jump in and save her, but the camera stays on her as she's flailing, and then all of a sudden it's hard cuts to her face down in the water, uh, and they're covering her with a blanket next to the pool. And Janessa says, any one of them could have chosen to jump in and save her at any time, but they did not. <laughs> I was so was confused fun. about that too, because I thought, I thought, my interpretation was always of like, I thought it must be like a jump cut, like, this is their pool that they love, but then she died in it. But that makes no sense, oh. too, because, like, when they show her dead, it's she's not, like, she doesn't hit her head or anything. So, like, are they implying that she went for, like, a swim and then just had a heart attack and drowned? Um, yeah. But I think either explanation makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's true enough. Um which leads I, uh, me to believe that maybe uh, Zarkov... No, I, I can't even say it. I won't even say it. Too, it's too horrible to think of. <laughs> That's... Yeah. We, can, we can't go down that road. It's too dark. It's too dark. Who was your favorite actor this time around, Caleb? Oh, man. I got it. So, first time I said Zarkov. And the second time, I think I said Ming, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's such a good question. Uh I gotta be careful. I gotta start rationing them. We're gonna start running out of. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna start running out of good actors. One day you're gonna get to Dale just because it's the last one left. No, I'll be for My hand will be forced. Um, I like the Hawkman second in command. Uh, I don't even know his name. Ooh, the handsome yeah. George Clooney looking type. Yeah, who and, uh, and he sees. He says to Brian Blessed, who is uh, Voltan. He says the. With all due respect, Voltan, the man who ridish of Clytus should not be so easily abandoned. Yeah, he's a good character. Um, he's got a lot of charisma. I I really like the scene where he's just kind of laughing and watching the watching the Hawkmen do their thing at the party back at their home place, whose name I can't remember at the moment. Um, and he sees uh, other Hawkmen flying in Zarkov and Dale, and he just says, "Let let's uh, what's Voltan know." 
um, that prisoners have arrived. It's just for some reason. It's just like you can just—he just seems like a chill guy to be around, you know. A stoic commander. Who who would you pick as your favorite uh, actor? Um, do you know who Fico is? I don't. And I'm embarrassed. He's the, uh, no, don't be. He he only has two scenes, but those scenes continue to stand out to me every time I watch this movie. Um, or three scenes, I guess. But he's the tree man playing the uh, instrument while um, uh, Baron is throwing his little tantrum about Aura bringing Flash in. Uh, and he gets sent down to the cage to convince Flash to come up and go into the uh, uh, into the temple. Um, and it's just the actor's delivery on his lines and those always feel very deliberate. He's going for a certain archetype. Uh, and I really like what he does with that character. Um, kind of a yeah. quintessential rogue. Yeah, exactly. He feels like a rogue. And he he feels like the roguest rogue I've ever seen. Uh, and I really like what he does. Who is uh, who is your least favorite character? Oh, or man. actor, I should say. The well is so deep. There's too many. There's a lot. There, I, I think that's why I keep saying there's so much. There's some chaff to be cut. Um. Mm-hmm. I can't pick on Dale anymore. I can't. Pick I can't. I haven't. Board. I haven't picked her yet. I'm picking Dale this time around. That's me. Um. I. Oh boy. I. I don't want to pick the princess because it's like there's so few female characters in this movie. I can't start. Uh. I can't start cutting <laughs> them off. Oh boy. Um. Bad actors. I'm gonna say all the imperial guards who i know they're wearing like huge costumes so they can't move that much yeah they they, the costumes often look badass but the movements something about it looks so goofy so silly especially the guys with like the gas masks they look like they look like little i don't know like uh, monsters that would be in like a little kid's dream like a spy kid's thumb thumb a little bit (laughs) yeah um i uh i was watching that execution scene in the gas chamber and I saw one of those uh, soldiers you're talking about. Uh, he's fumbling around with his gun, and you can tell very much it's a nervous extra on set and not um, an oh. imperial soldier because oh, his hand is trying to find where do I put where do I put my hand on this gun? I'm not sure. And I'm like, huh, I see you. I know you're nervous out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> Boy. yeah you felt you that was your standing <laughs> yeah i like I, I i i know what you're going through right now um, um I, did you notice that zarkov just not zarkov um ming just likes to kind of add the word imperial in front of things um much similar to like how batman adds bat in front of things like oh. bat computer land my imperial lander grab my imperial cruiser grab my and then he just like i i noticed that this time around i'm just like man we're really putting imperial in front of everything huh um and it was uh it was, when it was they just fly little... into the uh when they start on the on the spaceship they fly into quote unquote the imperial vortex yeah which is hilarious uh-huh i uh it was something that just like stood out to me this time around i'm like there's a lot of imperial uh here <laughs> I've got some insight here, Alexander. Um, I'm excited to hear what you think because you're you're a much smarter film critic than me. Um, you've picked it, probably picked this up already, but I noticed a plot thread, a character arc that I had never actually picked up on before. I had seen it, 
but I didn't notice it. Um, in the beginning of the film, Flash Gordon kind of comes <laughs> when the when Flash Gordon's plane is being disrupted by the Ming storm. He goes and tells the pilots how to fly the plane, which is kind of a douchebag move. Yeah. Um, and Dale says, hey, what the hell are you doing? Stop it. And he says, I'm training to be a pilot. Then the pilots get zapped out of the plane. He takes position. She says, do you know how to land? He says, I don't know. I haven't learned that part yet. Implying that he does not, in fact, know how to land. Mm -hmm. So this man cannot really fly. Cut to... Later in the movie, Arulian is teaching him, and not Arulian, that's Dune. Aura. <laughs> Aura. Hail Ming. Aura is teaching Flash how to fly the little cruiser. And he's like dancing around with it. And then they go down to Aborea, and he's like the main pilot. And she's like, oh, I'm adjusting the flaps for you. And I'm like, oh, that's like... I guess Flash, she's kind of teaching Flash how to fly the plane. And then the movie ends with the Imperial War Rocket Ajax coming towards the capital city and all the guns are firing from the city and uh, Flash is in the cockpit flying the plane or flying the war, war rocket and Voltan says, Flash, get out. We got to go. It'll fly itself. And Flash says, I'm taking too much fire. We're taking too much fire. The rocket's never going to make it. I got to send it through the lightning field. I got to fly the rocket. And I realized that my little peanut brain had never put together that Flash is supposed to be a pilot the entire time. And over the course of the movie, he actually learned to fly good enough to crash a spaceship into a tower. I'll tell you how peanut my brain has been this entire time, because until you just mentioned that, no, I hadn't picked it. But until you specifically said the fire is too heavy, I at this point, have been thinking, that's such a stupid line. Uh, because I thought he was referencing the fire inside the ship being too heavy. Oh, the weight, the weight, the of, weight fire. of the fire burning the ship. <laughs> uh, but no, he's re referencing the blaster fire they're taking from outside. That makes a lot more sense. So I think you give me more credit than I deserve. Okay, that's good uh, to know. But that's... that's uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool. No, I hadn't I hadn't noticed that before. Yeah, with that, I sort of cut it short, but I do have to run to this silly little work meeting. Um, before we go though, Alexander, what would you rate this movie after your third watch? After uh after my third watch, I'm going to I'm gonna bring it down a little bit more. Um I can't remember what my last one was, but I think it was still in the eighties. Um I'm going to rate this movie because i do enjoy the highs but the lows are making those highs fewer and far between i'd say let's give it a 75 a crisp 75 wow we're we're we are dipping um i think i would give it a very crispy 83 83 a, ho a hopeful 83 a hopeful 83 okay mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much, Alexander, for joining me on this auspicious uh, morning. And thank you for staying up so late for me. Oh, it's not. Uh, I didn't stay up for you. I got a work call. I got to get on. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I take it back then. Take it back then. 
Uh, bit of housekeeping. Thank you so much to Dwy for the use of our theme song, Party for One. It is a great song. Y'all should check it out uh, if you get the chance. There will be a link in the podcast description below. Uh, and thank you all, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Hell yeah. Alexander, would you say party for one is a rational transaction? I would say that, my friend, is a rational transaction. <laughs> hey,